You guys sound good. I sound loud right there. Hey, I want to do a test. Can I do a test real quick? I want to just test something out. You guys mind? I'm going to talk this way, but I want to see if, J.D., I want to see if you can hear me all right, all right? Okay, you ready? How are you guys doing over there? You guys good? 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 Same thing over here, okay? You guys tell me. Jen? How are you guys doing over here? Good? Can you hear me all right? I, I know you guys can hear me okay. I just, I just want to see how, how that was working. So this is fa- Fifth Sunday. It's Family Sunday. These are my favorite Sundays because the kids are in here with us, and we're going to have some fun today. How about the youth band up here? Didn't they do a great job? I tell you, we have a ton of talented, talented young people, and Sunday nights, if you are in the middle school or high school, and you are sitting at home playing video games or just sitting at home, then you are missing out, all right? You need to be here at the church from 5 to 7. Uh, they have a blast, and they learn about Jesus and how much he loves them and how they can grow in their walk with him. So, man, if you're in middle school or high school, come on Sunday nights from 5 to 7. We got uh, the best youth sponsors that I've ever seen in my life, and uh, it's amazing. So, ex- except for tonight, there's no youth tonight. Because of the 30-hour famine. And Charlie, I don't know how much you said about that. Did you say a lot about that? Enough? Is that what you said? <laughs> hey, how, how many of you, if you were here for the 30-hour famine, stand up for me, please. 30-hour famine. Man, that's awesome. That's awesome. So, so these guys have been fasting since 6 a.m., correct? Yesterday morning. Yesterday morning, and so that's, that's awesome, man. Uh, praise God for that. I know you guys are, are feeling it, so if we hear a lot of stomach growling and stuff, we'll just know that that's you. Um, but here in just a, about an hour, you're going to be able to eat, and so we're going to celebrate, and that's awesome. And you guys have raised, uh, so far, $3,500, which is awesome. So praise, praise the Lord for that. That's good. That's good. Yeah, that, that probably, uh, when you think about fasting for 30 hours, you, you think, man, that, that's, that's a lot of time to be fasting for, and you probably think in your mind, man, that, that seems impossible. How many of you guys thought when you did it, I just I don't know if I can do that or not, like you had doubts in your mind? Yeah, a few of you? Absolutely. I remember the first time I did it a few years ago, I was like, man, this is going to be tough, and, uh, and it, it was, it was, but man, praise the Lord, you guys are rocking it out, and you guys are learning about world hunger and um, for a great cause, and so thank you for that. How many, uh, how many kindergarten kids do we have in? Stand up. Kindergarten kids, stand up. If you're in kindergarten, stand up. Okay. All right. There you go. There you go. Awesome, awesome. If you're in first grade, stand up. First grade. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. Second grade? We got second graders in the house. I see a few. Yeah, rocking it. Third. Let me let me jump back for a second. So in first grade, man, I had a massive crush on my first grade teacher. Her name was Mrs. Powell. Loved that. Loved that woman to death. Anyways, third. What grade am I? Third grade. Third grade. Stand up. <laughs> I got you, man. I see you. I see you. Fourth grade. Yes. Yes. Awesome. Fifth. So let me let me tell you another quick story in fourth grade. My fourth grade teacher, my fourth grade teacher was Mrs. Campbell, and it was April Fool's Day at school. And so I was thinking all day, I was like, how can I get Mrs. Campbell? How can I get Mrs. Campbell? 
And uh, she was a sweet lady, and uh, she was probably, uh, probably near retirement age. And, um, and I'll never forget, it, was, it, was a, it had been a rough day in class, and so my timing was not the best. And uh, so we had kind of been getting on her nerves a little bit, and she said, okay, let's take a bathroom break. And I thought, this is my moment to get her. So as we're walking out the door, we're in single file line. As we're walking out the door, I look at Miss Campbell, and I said, your shoe's untied. And when we looked down, she had on slip-on shoes. I was like, man, I, and I felt so, so silly. That was just the, 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 I was like, man, my timing is just horrible. Anyways, uh, fifth graders, fifth graders, anybody fifth, fifth grade stand up? Yeah, fifth grade. So you fifth graders next year get to go to um, TNT, our, our middle school and high school youth, and so, man, we'll be looking forward to that. I tell you, man, uh, there, there are some things, I, I don't know if you've ever had moments in your life where you just felt uh, terrified or you felt like what you were about to face, like a test in school or whatever, was just near impossible, uh, but I've had several moments like that in my life, and one of them was, I'll, I'll tell you two quick stories, uh, I've told you a couple already, but they had nothing to do with my sermon, so I apologize, but, but two quick stories of, of moments where I was really, like, just terrified or like, I just, this is impossible, I can't get it, okay? And so see if any of these, especially the second story for elementary age kids, this might resonate with you. But the first story, I was in high school, I was a senior, and I was playing football, and I was playing on the offensive line. Now, I was a little bit bigger when I was in high school than I am now. And so I'll never forget, it was like the fifth or sixth game of the season, we were playing William Fleming High School out of Roanoke, Roanoke just a few miles, a few hundred miles that way. And, uh, and so I'll never forget, man, I remember leading up to that week, I knew, I knew that I was going to have to go up against a couple of guys that were like really, really good on the other side of the ball. And I knew they were good, but when we started watching game film the week before, I saw just how big these dudes were, man. They, were, they outweighed me by 100 pounds. And I remember sitting in the locker room watching game film and just terrified. To, like, this, this is going to be a humiliating week for me because I am going to, get, I'm going to get crushed is what I thought. Okay? And so all week long, I'm just I'm nervous. I can't sleep at night. I'm, I'm just thinking about Friday night. Because where I grew up, Friday night football was the deal. Everybody from Pulaski came out. And so I thought, I'm going to get humiliated out in front of everybody and so I was scared to death, and, and then always, right before the game, right before we walked out for the game, our coach would always point one individual out, look at him, and say, we got to have a good game from you tonight, right? So this, I know, you know where I'm going with this, right? And so this particular night, I am sitting there, like, I am shaking, I'm like, this is going to be humiliating, and I'm going to get just crushed, and I'm sitting there in my locker, and Coach Hicks is giving his pregame speech right before we walk out. And he turns and gives me the look. And he says, Hoback, we're going to have to have a good game from you tonight in order to win. I said, no, don't say that to me. <sighs> so we go out there, and I'm just praying. I'm like, maybe we can just be on defense all night. You know, I don't know. And uh, sure enough, man, we get on offense. And I, I, I'll be honest with you, I was scared over nothing because as soon as we hiked that ball, it, it wasn't near as bad as I thought it was. Right? I just, I, I just, it was a great game. And uh, it wasn't that bad. Um, and so it turned out well. The other story is I was in elementary school. I was probably third, fourth, fifth grade. I can't remember which one. My mom, you might remember this, Mom. We were, we were doing uh, math homework one night. And I can't remember what math it was. But you ever have those subjects, kids, where you just feel like you can't get it? Right? 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just like I, 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 I could not get math. And it may have been like long division or multiplication. It's probably addition is what it was. And, um, and I, I just could not, I could not figure it out, couldn't get it. And I was getting frustrated. My mom was getting frustrated with me. And I, I, I literally, it was like 8 o'clock at night, and I was, I was struggling. And I remember, I, I kid you not, my mom, she goes downstairs to put another load of laundry into the, into, to the washing machine. And I'm just, I'm so mad, I'm frustrated. I go into my room, I'm crying, and I kid you not, I don't, I don't recommend this, okay, kids, but this is exactly what I did. I threw up one of those Hail Mary prayers, and I just said, God, I said, come on, help me out here. You know, just, just help me to get this, man. I cannot get this. And I was so frustrated and so irritated, and my mom comes back upstairs and says, come on, we got to get this. And uh, do you remember what happened next? I, I sit down at that table, I kid you not, and it's like it just started going like this. And I, 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 I had a moment of like, I looked up, I said, that's awesome, man. Like, you are real. This is, this is, because I, I couldn't get it before, and I threw up that prayer, and, uh, and as I came in, I started knocking it out, man. But those, those were two moments where I was just terrified or felt like it was impossible and I couldn't do it. And I want to share a story with you today from the Old Testament. It's in the book of Exodus, okay? So if you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and open up to the book of Exodus you got Genesis, Leviticus, Numbers, wait a minute, Genesis, Exodus, <laughs> Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Exodus is the second book in the Old Testament, all right? And just so you know, who, who, who here can tell me what Exodus means? What does the word mean, Exodus? Think about the word, exit out, exactly, exit, right, kids? So that, that, that name, Exodus, means Exodus. Now, who can tell me, if, you, if you're, if you're Ten and younger, who can tell me what the book of Exodus, the, the general premise is about? What, what is the book of Exodus about? Anybody know? Are you ten years and younger? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You're right. You're exactly right. So here's, here's what Exodus is about, okay? The Israelites, that was good, Joanne, I like that. Um, the Israelites, God's chosen people, were in Egypt, and they were slaves, and they had been slaves for 400 years, and uh, God is like, okay, I hear my people, they're crying out to me, and so I'm going to rescue them, I am going to uh, lead them out of Egypt. So in in essence, what they're going to happen is they're going to exit out of Egypt. That's why it's called the Exodus, okay, Exodus, exit out of Egypt. And so this is is what we pick up, and um, Exodus 14 is where we're going to be, and um, how, how many of you guys are familiar with uh, Pharaoh in the Old Testament? You guys know that song, right? How's that song go? Pharaoh, Pharaoh, oh, baby, let my people go, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I love that song. I love that song. So, so you guys are familiar with that song, and then, so, so what happens is, is God comes to Moses, and he tells Moses, I want you to lead my people out of Egypt. I'm going to let you exit. They're going to exit out of Egypt, and, and you're going to be the one to do this. And Moses, uh, so he goes in and does this. And how many of you guys are familiar with the ten plagues of Egypt? Right? Can anybody name all ten plagues? If you can name ten plagues, I will give you a piece of cake after service. <laughs> anybody? Adults? Frogs? Locusts? Cats. Did somebody say cats? <laughs> gnats. She said gnats. 
I heard cats. <laughs> Blood, darkness. I think you guys have said that the last one obviously was the firstborn, right? Firstborn. Uh, great, great, great story, man. Good stuff. And so God, what he is doing is he is revealing his power and his glory uh, not only to his people, the Israelites, but even to Egypt and Pharaoh. And he is showing, hey, I am mighty, I am powerful, and I am God. Okay? And what's awesome about that, listen to me, kids, is God still today reveals himself to us, and we can see that God is powerful, and he is mighty, and he is awesome. How do you think God reveals himself to us today? Psalm 18 or 19 gives us a clue there. The heavens declare His glory. Absolutely. So, so what I teach my kids is when we walk out of the house and the sun is setting or the moon is up in the sky, I always say, man, God made that. God put that sky together. God, God made these. And so we're always telling our kids that God did this. Isn't He awesome? And so it kind of creates that awe and wonder, right, Miss Lynette? And so they are in awe of who God is, and they see that God is powerful, and He is mighty, and He is awesome. And so we still see that today, even in God's creation all around us. It's amazing, it's beautiful, it's awesome. And so God is revealing Himself, not only to His people, but to Pharaoh and Egypt. So He does the ten plagues. And in the last one, the death of the firstborn, Pharaoh's like, I've had enough. Get the people and get out, exit out of Egypt. And so the Israelites follow Moses, and they are being led out of Egypt, and they're going all these different crazy routes. And they finally get up to where we're picking up the story today. Exodus 14, they are at the edge of the Red Sea. Okay? And so they're there, and they're probably camping out, and they are probably celebrating like what we're doing today. And uh, they're having a good old time. They're telling stories about when they were back in Egypt. Like, man, I'm so glad I'm not back in that place anymore. And they think that everything is good. And let's pick it up right there in Exodus 14 and, and see what happens here, okay? And so uh, I'm going to be reading from, I thought this would be easier with the kids. And so I'm going to be reading from Message, the Message translation, uh, just to help you guys understand a little bit better. And this is what God said. He speaks to Moses and he says, tell the Israelites to turn around and make camp at, and that's a hard word to say, uh, Pi Heroth, between Migdal and the sea, that's the Red Sea, camp uh, on the shore of the sea opposite Baal Zephon. Pharaoh will think the Israelites are lost, that they are confused. The wilderness has closed in on them. Then I will make Pharaoh's heart stubborn, I will make it hard again, and he'll chase after them. And I'll use Pharaoh and his army to put my glory on display. See, there he is. He's wanting to put his glory on display. Then the Egyptians will realize that I am God. And that's what happened. When the king of Egypt was told that the people were gone, he and his servants changed their minds. They said, wait a minute, what have we done? We've let the Israelites, our slave labor, go free. So he had his chariots harnessed up and he got his army together he took 600 of his best chariots with the rest of the Egyptians' chariots and their drivers coming along. So you've got to imagine in your mind all these chariots and these horses and these, these uh, army guys just loaded up and they're chasing after, they're in hot pursuit of the Israelites' people, okay? Now remember, the Israelites are camped out 
They don't have no idea that what's coming. They're, they're just having a celebration. They're eating some Ucrops cake and, um, you know, drinking some Kool-Aid and just telling good old stories. And this is what happens, okay? Uh, God made Pharaoh, king of Egypt, stubborn, determined to chase the Israelites as they walked out on him without even looking back. The Egyptians gave chase and caught up with them where they had made camp by the sea. All Pharaoh's horses, drawn chariots, and their riders, all his foot soldiers there at Piharoth, opposite Baal-Zephon. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up and saw them, Egyptians, coming at them. So, so I want you to imagine with me for a second, man, that the, the Israelites are partying, they're having a good time, they're thinking all that's behind them, and they're, they're scot-free, and then all of a sudden, as they're, as they're telling the stories, one of them looks back and they see dust flying in the, in the distance. And they're like, did somebody look at the weather? Is this supposed to be a dust storm <laughs> you know, tonight? What's going on? And then they start to hear the, the, the sound of the foots, the horses on the ground, and they're thinking to themselves, what is going on here? They start to panic. They start to get afraid. They start to think, what have we done? Let's look and see what they say to Moses, okay? They were totally afraid. They cried out in terror to God. They threw up one of those Hail Mary prayers, right? They told Moses, weren't the cemeteries large enough in Egypt so that you had to take us out here in the wilderness to die, right? So they're starting to complain. They're telling Moses, like, why didn't you just leave us in Egypt so we could just work and die there? But no, you had to bring us out to the wilderness so we could get get die out here, right? That's what they're saying. They're complaining. And this is what it says. What have you done to us, taking us out of Egypt? Back in Egypt, didn't we tell you this would happen? Didn't we tell you to leave us alone here in Egypt? We are better off as slaves in Egypt than as corpses in the wilderness. You see, they're just complaining and they're griping and they're scared. They're terrified. They have no idea what to do. Moses spoke to the people. He says, don't be afraid, but stand firm and watch God do his work of salvation for you today. Take a good look at the Egyptians today for you never, you are never going to see them again. God will fight the battle for you and you you, I love what Moses, in the message translation, this is exactly what it says, I kid you not. Parents, don't get mad at me, this is what it says. It says, and for you, Moses is talking to the Israelites, you keep your mouths shut. Right? Isn't that awesome? Yeah, yeah. You keep your mouth shut. And then God said to Moses, why cry out to me? And this is, this is where I want you to get, right? Speak to the Israelites, order them to get moving. Order them to get moving. I love that line right there. And so hold, he told Moses, hold your staff high and stretch your hand out over the sea and split the sea. And so the Israelites will walk through the sea on dry ground. Meanwhile, I'll make sure the Egyptians keep up their stubborn chase. And I'll use Pharaoh and his entire army, his chariots and horsemen, to put my glory on display so that the Egyptians will realize that I am God. The angel of God that had been leading the camp of Israel now shifted and got behind them. And the pillar of cloud that had been in front also shifted to the rear. The cloud was now between the camp of Egypt and the camp of Israel. And the cloud enshrouded one camp in darkness and flooded the other with light. And the two camps didn't come near each other all night. See how God is doing that? And God is awesome. 
And then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and God, with a terrific east wind all night long, made the sea go back. He made the sea dry ground, and the sea waters split. And so you can imagine this great big body of water, and it's just spreading for the Israelites, and it's dry ground now. How amazing is that? And the Israelites walked through the sea on dry ground with waters, uh, with the waters a wall to the right and to the left. And the Egyptians came after them in full pursuit, every horse and chariot and driver of Pharaoh racing into the middle of the sea. It was now the morning watch. And God looked down from the pillar of fire in a cloud on the Egyptian army and threw them into a panic. He clogged the wheels of their chariots, and they were stuck in the mud. The Egyptians said, run from Israel. God is fighting on their side and against Egypt. Man, what, what an amazing, amazing story. I love this. And it just shows that God is faithful even when we're not, right? Like even when we mess up and, and, and we go differently or we just don't follow, God is still faithful, right? He had led the Israelites out of Egypt. And he had led them to the sea. And then they see the Egyptians coming and they go back to the right. They start complaining again. Like, why, why did you bring us out here? Why are you doing this? And God's like, listen, stop crying out to me and just get moving. Get moving. God is faithful even when we're not. And here, here's the cool thing, man. For us as a church, two years ago, uh, we went on this, this adventure, if you were here with us two years ago, called the Move Campaign. And I'll be honest with you, man, that was one of those moments where I was kind of terrified. Uh, I, you know, I, I really was. I'll just be honest with you because I just had no idea what to expect. And I remember... Uh, being really stressed out about it, and just, just God, God, you've got you've to be the one to move and do this. And I tell you, I was just totally blown away uh, two years ago when you guys made pledges um, in the amount of like, I think it was 190 some thousand dollars. And the purpose of the move campaign, and this is what's crazy, this is why I was terrified about it, okay? The purpose, it wasn't like we were going to go build some grandiose building or uh, go do something in another part of the world. Uh, we were literally going to raise money to pay down the debt on this building. Right now, how hard of a sale was that, right? And, but, but we did it. We did it. And we said the purpose of it was to free up extra money so that we could accomplish our purpose here at Chester Christian Church. Now, our purpose here at Chester Christian Church comes straight from the Bible. Okay? Uh, Jesus told his disciples to go and to make disciples, teaching and baptizing and making more disciples. And so our purpose comes straight from that, right? Our purpose is simply to reach people with the gospel, to disciple people in the gospel, and to equip people to share the gospel. And the reason why we use the word gospel so many times is because the gospel is central. The gospel is Jesus, and Jesus is the gospel. It's the good news that God sent his son, Jesus, into this world and paid the penalty for our sins. And so uh, Jesus is the center. That's why we start off with making much of Jesus. That's what we're about here at Chester Christian Church. And so we went on this adventure uh, two years ago, and I've got the exact numbers right here, I'll tell you. Uh, we, we pledged $194,000 um, $194,843.34. That's what we pledged. And I was a little skeptical at first, but I, I tell you, it's been amazing to see how God has moved in the last two years. I mean, I can stand up here and just tell you story after story after story 
of what I've seen God doing because I've had a front row seat and just how, to be honest with you, and I'll say this, and many of you may agree with me if you've been here for that long, just just a culture change, man, just just a way that people have been, um, just it's just been amazing to watch. And so in that two years, uh, so far today, we end the campaign today, as a matter of fact, this is Celebration Sunday, we have taken in, and this is remarkable to, in, in my, to, to me, we have taken in uh, $162,405.12, which is 83% of pledges. Now you think you fell short of your goal, but surely, correct me if I'm wrong, what is the percentage that most campaigns, uh, they don't even reach 83%, do they? What is it? They're lucky to get 75%, most campaigns. We have reached 83%, and I know that there's probably be more coming in. That's, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. That's awesome. I love that. And, um, and so what, what I want to encourage you guys with is this, man. So two years ago when we started this, um, I, I, was, I was terrified. I was afraid. Uh, I didn't know what, what was going to happen. Uh, but God uh, moved in a mighty, powerful way, just like he moved. He said, get moving. Uh, that's what I want to ch- kind of charge us with today, is as we end this move campaign, uh, and you guys have been so faithful in your giving, and I'm just I'm so excited and just give all the glory and praise to God, uh, we want to keep moving here at Chester Christian Church. I'm going to tell you, God is doing some amazing things. Uh, in the last two and a half years, we've had over 60 baptisms. Uh, that's amazing. That's amazing. And we want to, yeah. Yeah. And here, here's the thing. The whole purpose of the campaign was to free up money for us to be able to do more ministry and to reach more people with the gospel. And, and, and here's the thing. The, the, I looked up the opposite of move is stagnation, right? Standing still. And so, just like the Israelites were kind of like terrified and they panicked and they were like, what do we do, what do we do? And God says, get moving. And like, get, it seemed impossible, right? How can we go through the sea? But God made a way. He parted waters. God is awesome. And so we may look at this and we may say, okay, where do we go from here, right? Well, God is telling us as a church, keep moving. Keep going forward, man. We've come so far in two years and the amount of money that you've raised and, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, I am just absolutely blown. I know I say this every single week, and you probably get tired of hearing it, but I'm going to keep saying it because I'm just, I'm just totally amazed uh, at, at just the way that you guys continually, faithfully give to the ministry here at Chester Christian Church and the way that our giving, even our weekly giving has gone up. And I just praise God for that, man, because what that's doing is it's allowing us to, uh, to reach more people with the gospel. And we want to just keep moving. Uh, we want to keep uh, growing. We want to keep discipling and equipping people, because we want to advance the gospel, amen? Amen, that's what it's about. And so we just want to keep, keep moving. And here's what's awesome about this, right? Um, another, another instance, uh, if, you, if you jump forward to the New Testament, um, God sent Jesus into this world, and Jesus, there was a moment where Jesus was going to the cross, and I imagine for Jesus' disciples and his followers, they probably looked at that moment, and they probably were just like the Israelites were. Like they were terrified. They were afraid. Uh, some of them scattered and ran for their lives. And they had to think to themselves, well, what, what just happened? Like, I thought things were going well. You know, Jesus was going to just, we were going to just, and they, they probably thought everything was lost. Satan 
probably thought he had won as they are nailing Jesus to the cross. But what they didn't know is, is that God was going to put his power and glory on display again. And this time it was going to be the biggest thing ever. Because God, what he was doing is he was, uh, at that moment, rescuing all of us from our sin and from death. Because Jesus, on the cross, didn't die for his own sins, but he died for your sins and for my sins. And when everybody thought that it was over, and when Satan thought that he had won the victory, God moved And he raised Jesus from the dead. And Jesus defeated death and he defeated sin. Amen? And so what that means for us as we we move forward is that God invites us to participate in that redemption story. That's what we're about here at Chester Christian Church. We want to reach more people with the gospel. And so you think, okay, how how do we do that? How do we do that? Well, it begins with with you. And, and, And kids, you're not too young. It begins with you because you've got friends at school that you can pray for. You've got, you've got friends at school that you know that you can go to bed at night and you can ask God, God, would you, would you save my friend? Would you draw them to you? Would you help me to be a good example for them? Would you help me to be a good friend to them? And to, to share with them and to love them, right? That, so it starts even with you. Adults, same thing, man. Just pray. I walk around my neighborhood once a week, and I pray for my neighbors. I pray for them by name. And it's been amazing to watch over the last year how we have gotten to know many of our neighbors and how we've had conversations with them, like good conversations, spiritual conversations. And I'm just excited about what God is doing there in our little part of the world. And he wants to do the same thing in yours and in your neighborhood, in your workplace. Pray, pray for those people. Pray for them. Uh, Another thing that we can do as we participate with God in this story of redemption is as we disciple people, right? Listen to me, the best way for you to be discipled in the gospel is to live in community, to be at church on Sunday morning and to worship together as a community, to encourage one another. Man, I, I, just want to, I just want to challenge you to try to be here regularly on Sunday mornings so that we can worship together, so that we can encourage one another, so we can just continue to grow in that sweet spirit of the Lord. You know what I mean? Yeah, so we can leave here and just be encouraged as we start the week off. That's, that's huge. And I want to challenge you, man. If you're here and you're not in a small group or you're not participating in a Bible study, that is the best, best way for you to grow. If you're, if you're not in the Word of God regularly with other people in a small group, man, that's the best way to be discipled. If you're not in a Bible study, it's the best way to be discipled because you're in the Word, you're having conversations, you're having dialogue, and you're growing. Listen, we, we believe in small groups here. Even our teenagers, even our elementary school kids on Sunday morning participate in small groups. Right, Lynette? They have teachers. They have two teachers, and they are in small groups, and, and it's awesome. Our, our middle school and high school kids, they have small groups on Sunday night. It puts them in small groups. They have conversations. They get to dig into the Word. It's good stuff. And then we have like 13, 14 small groups here at Chester, adult small groups, and we have a few Bible studies. 
man, get into a small group. Be discipled. Be discipled. That's the best way you're going to grow. Uh, and then the last thing is equip people, right? We want to equip people. We've got the teenagers up on stage here, right? You know what they're doing? They're using their gift that God has given them, right? That They are learning to do that. We've got a young man back there on the Mac. Uh, how, how old is he? 12? 12 years old. So I did it last week, and a 12-year-old is doing it this week, right? I mean, come on, right? Come on, right? But, but, but what I'm saying is, you know, you got Ryan back there uh, who, who's a senior in high school. You know, the guy got, and, and, and you got guys up here on stage, man, that continually that are, that are just rocking it out, using their gifts. We've got kids back there, high school kids, middle school kids that are teaching the, ki- the younger kids. They're using their gifts, man, to, to glorify God. And I just want to challenge you, man, if you're here, and you don't know what your gift is, we'll help you figure that out. But what we need to do is we need to keep moving, right? We need to keep moving because I'm going to tell you something. There are more and more people that are lost, that don't know Jesus. There are people that are living in broken situations that need to hear about the love of Jesus. They need to, be, they need to hear the good news. And the only way that they're going to hear that is if we get moving, Right? It's that, it's that important. This is the most important thing that we can do all week long. So I just want to challenge you that, challenge that, with, challenge you with that as we close out today, as we celebrate the Move campaign and what God has done. And so, uh, so let's just keep moving. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys so much for your faithfulness. And uh, we're going to celebrate here in just a moment with uh, with a meal some appetizers and things, and we'll get that all set up. We got a big old cake uh, with the Move logo on it. It's, it, looks, it looks really good. looks really good. And I know you guys that are hungry are thinking, man, let's eat. Let's eat. So I'm going to pray for us. The band's going to come back up, and we're going to close out with announcements and offering and sing that last song, okay? Father God, we thank you so much. We thank you for um, just the way that you move in our life, God. We thank you for just your faithfulness even when we're not We thank you, God, that you love us so much that you sent your Son to die for us. And God, that through him we can have life, that through him we get to participate in this rest in this the redemption story. The greatest rescue mission ever. So, Father, I just challenge us, uh, just just encourage us, God, as we leave here to think about our friends and our neighbors and people that are far from you, God, and how we can just pray for them. Give us the boldness to 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 talk to them to get to know them. God, help give us the boldness to invite them to our home. If nothing else, just to get to know them. And Father, so I just pray uh, that, that we would also just see the importance of, of discipleship and how we need to grow in our relationship with you, God. How you just change us from the inside out. Father, how we need to use our gift to serve and to, to, to honor and glorify you. God, I thank you Thank you for for all that you do for us. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.